Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast with yours truly, Flying Smitty. That's Carson Wood. Carson Wood. Carson. As Wood. always, thanks for being here. Hey. <laughs> thanks for having me. As Doing it always. on Sunday. Sorry that we were so late last week. We had to do it on Thursday. Um, we haven't even looked at the numbers based on the fact that we, we put it up so late. I figured it probably didn't do so well. We probably lost some of you. That in seven minutes we were talking about influencers and social media campaigns and all kinds. It was of riveting. Weird what stuff. are you talking about? It was great if you were in um, influencer marketing. You probably learned a little bit about where your money's going. And, or if you're in that, you probably already knew. If, if, well, it was an acute market. Thing. I was going to say, I very, I, I very, I highly doubt any of the people that listen to this are also in that um, niche market. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But we did talk about several different things. We really didn't talk about the, the Brasilia card. The main card ended up being a lot better than I suspected it to be, mm-hmm. whereas the undercard was exactly what I expected it to be. A lot of uh, BJJ black belts uh, showing their BJJ prowess, other than Urbina getting knocked out the like first fight of the, the card, which was awesome. Um, just a, a couple quick things that I want to hit on, and then if you'd like to go into any more of them more in-depth, um, Tiago Santos, who was supposed to just crush Spicely, ended up losing pretty handedly. Um, it you could was, see how much it meant to Spicely. Oh, man. Well, he was fighting for his contract. Mm-hmm. And if you look, there was a bloody elbow actually did a poll on Twitter before the match. And it was 85, 85, what would that be? Anyway. 85% of people said that they thought Tiago Santos was just going to crush Spicely. And then I was reading through the comments today. And, um, yeah, they were all like, this poor guy. Like, he, Tiago Santos should be charged with manslaughter with, for what he's going to do with, to this guy. And it just was so, I mean, he was a plus 800 underdog. How would you say that over that but not, I think I, if I would have taken the stance on any fight, I obviously would have been Cyborg. But people just, I think, want to watch Cyborg fight. Right, but I mean, she's still going to murder whoever they put in the ring with her more than Santos would. So speaking of which... I mean, that's hindsight, but... but let's, get into, let's get into that conversation about actually creating a 145 division for her in just a little bit, but let's go through the card. So Spice Lee, yeah, like you mentioned, seemed like it meant a lot for him. I mean, he was, he was crying in the ring. Um, he realized that he had saved his contract. And like I said, the only other plus 800 underdog was Lands- Landsberg... The the girl that fought Cyborg, mm-hmm. they were Lena the, Landsberg. Yeah, they were under. They were the same percent underdog. So I mean, it shows. Well, that's you. what I'm saying. Like, I, I it, for me, I don't, I don't know why you would have put. If you were going to say it's Santos is going to murder Spicely, like I get why you would. I mean, yeah, he, I, I think that Santos. I thought Santos was going to win, but Cyborg, I would have put more money on being like murder. You can't count out anybody. I think the only the only people you can count out are like. People ride off of the Ultimate Fighter. It's like, oh, you're going from the Ultimate Fighter and you're stepping in against the champion, or like the guys that step in on short notice against like, oh man, I gotta quit saying like the people that step in against Khabib or Tony Ferguson or Anderson Silva, like those kind of guys that are stepping in late notice, two weeks, three weeks out. You can't expect that those guys are going to win, but they always have a puncher's chance. And this sport, if you train the correct way. You have a chance to win any given fight against any given opponent, but you have to make sure you're doing the training correctly. And a lot of people figured that Santos was going to be able to stuff at least one or two takedowns, 
and Spicely was going to get handled from there. But he couldn't stop the takedown, and and we had an American out jujitsu a Brazilian, which is awesome. Any other thoughts? I hmm. on the whole card or just that fight? That wow. The the next ones I wanted to talk about: Godfredo Pepe. You missed that one, right? Uh, yes, that he, one I did. He looked absolutely amazing. I've really been high on this kid ever since I saw him on the Ultimate Fighter. I think Brazil won. Um, I really liked him, and I hope nothing but the best for him. He's got an up and down career. Uh, I think I know what you're going to talk about. So let's get into Paul Felder's cut real quick. You said you watched watch this with Paul. If anyone remembers from previous podcasts, Paul is the gentleman that believes that if any blood is shown, that the fight should be stopped. Mm-hmm. So what what was he saying when he saw this fight? Uh, well, he was playing Clash of Clans at the time and then happened to look up and he was bleeding and he just again lamented as he always does. If you're bleeding, that's the end of the, that's the end of the sport. And I was like, well, they just stopped it. He's like, well, why'd they stop that one? <laughs> he just couldn't get it. And, and then like, you well. showed, and then you showed him the cut. Well, right and I was like, well, if, if it's getting in his eye, there's a couple things that go into it. One of the big ones is you can't see. I actually, I, 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 the way that I said it was pretty funny. I said, how did I word it? You see, oh, I can't even remember. It was something like you see the hard shots that you can't see coming or something <laughs> like that. It was so, I was so out of it. It was so stupid, but it was, and he was just like, looked at me and I and he's like, do you just realize what you said? And I was like, yeah, I did. What I mean to say was you can't see those hard shots he's coming. Like, Shut up. That's why. And then the next day I showed it to him and he just like looked at it for a while. I don't think he realized what he was looking at. And I was like, this is why they stopped it. And you can see blood coming through his yeah. eyelid. Do you feel like that ranks up there above or below um, the Robbie Lawler lip cut? You know which one I'm referring no, no, to? No, no, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. It was the it was McDonald one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't even think that that cut in that was the worst injury in that fight. I think I think Roy McDonald's nose break was way worse than the uh, Robbie Lawler the lip cut. I just because I've been punched in the nose before and it makes it feel like your teeth are going to fall out for two weeks. And I don't know what a, like a, a lip feels like, but I mean, it can't be good anytime you talk or like want to chew. It probably feels like it's separating. Like Forrest Griffin being like, soon enough in your career, you can no longer continue to try and knock everyone out because you wake up and you can't eat solid foods for a month. Yeah. You're eating out of a straw. It's not worth it, guys. I think I think I would err on, I would rather have the Robbie Lawler one. A quick stitch. To answer your question, well, I didn't answer it, but... Uh, I think I would rather have that one. That one looked way bad, though. Like the Paul Felder one, and that's that's just like scar tissue. That's just going to open and open and open. Mm, and like, yeah, and that's what I was just thinking. That is now going to progressively cut every time he gets in fights, and he's now going to have to worry about that busting open. And he, like the Nate Diaz, you know, scar tissue. He's just going to open up. Vanderlei Silva. Silva, exactly. Speaking of Vanderlei Silva, um, he's now going to be fighting Krokop, and. We can get into that after this, too. Let's finish up the card. So, next but not least, uh, Nelson versus Bigfoot. What's the bigger controversy? How many times he punched Bigfoot in the face? Or him kicking Big John McCarthy in the butt? Um, I don't really care about which one's bigger. They're both, like, important. I, he, he clearly didn't want to punch him in the face. No, not anymore. And he, he went in on the refs a lot. Mm-hmm. Before, um, just in which I mean, he I didn't agree with him at all in the ref portion of it. Um, 
But then, I mean, the ref did just kind of sit there and let him fight. Do you know why he had a big issue with Big John McCarthy before? Because mm -hmm. he let fights go too far? That's an actual question. I'm not sure. I don't think it was that. I think it was actually he was just – he doesn't like almost the authoritarianism of the referee. Let me get the quote really quick while we're talking about it. And – yeah, because supposedly I heard before the fight even happened, he wasn't happy that Big John McCarthy was going to be the, the ref of his fight. And I didn't look into it because I don't really care because Brock Lesnar doesn't like um, Yamasaki, Mario Yamasaki. Is he Yamasaki or Mizugaki? Mizugaki's the fighter. Or uh, I meant uh, Mario. Whatever. If it's Yamasaki, it's fine. I honestly don't know. Anyway, he doesn't like Mario. The, the one that speaks... Portuguese and Spanish and all of the other languages, okay. who's actually probably number three, Big John McCarthy, Herb Dean, and then Mario Yamasaki. So apparently everyone's got a thing that, that they don't like certain referees. And so I figured he, he was just had been butt hurt at some point in his career with Big John McCarthy. So this is what he said. I think the rules should be pretty simple. Just stay the hell out of it. It's a fight. If a guy can't get off his back, then he sucks. He shouldn't be in MMA. He should be in boxing. I understand his point, but I don't because you look specifically at him and Bigfoot. Who's going to stop that fight? You know what I mean? Yeah. So he stops the fight himself. Bigfoot comes to and decides to fight again. Like someone's got to be there to actually put an end to the fight. Well, he's talking more in that case of like standing up. He doesn't like. So and this is actually watching tough. uh, You mean people that are stalling, not. No. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah. He but he or he meant that. Yeah. Um, I actually noticed in Tough One how more often they stood fights up. They stood them up a lot. Because they had Josh Koshek, who was a wrestler. Well, it wasn't even that fight, just that one. They did stand him up like three times, and I mean, obviously I took note of that, but it was like a lot of the fights. Like, they would even be throwing punches, but they wouldn't be advancing position or anything. They'd stand them up. Interesting. I don't know if I would agree to that to a certain extent, but I definitely don't agree with Roy Nelson on... No, if if your fat ass is sitting on top of somebody and you're just putting that 100 however many pounds you have in your stomach on somebody and they can't get up, but you're not doing anything with it, well, let's change a position and see who's the better fighter. Let's talk about it like let's talk about it like this. If you're a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under the Gracies and your fight style is to stand in front of Sweetie someone, TV via the wife. Yeah. Your wife. My wife. And your fight style is to stand in front of people and get punched for three to five rounds and not progress the fight and not defend yourself. Maybe you should just go to Eddie Bravo Invitational. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he's a great, he's uh, obviously he knocked out Silva. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm being somewhat facetious, but what? I was going to say, can we, we also need to talk about just kind of what you were saying. You were kind of going into this. Yeah. I mean, it was he, a hell of a performance though. Yes. Roy Nelson looked that great. That uppercut was solid. You want to know what I really liked about the performances? Hmm. They were all augmented in a healthy way by Dominic Cruz's uh, commentary? commentary. Thank you. By his commentary. So him being like, Roy Nelson's done a great job adjusting to, to Silva doing this, and you're going to watch him continue to, this, to throw this combination, and Silva needs to adjust this way. This might sound stupid. He might be too cerebral for to be a casual a, fan. Yeah. Because I loved it. Oh, I know, I know, but I, I mean, like, I, d- I didn't like it. Think about the guys that sat behind us in, uh, at yeah, the in Salt front, Lake car. Yeah, yeah, no, they were dumb. Um, and the guys in front of us would have hated it too because they would have thought they knew more than that. Them. That's why I think a Dan Hardy is a nice, yeah, nice tweener. I like Dominic Cruz. 
I like it because I was learning things. However, when you do that cerebral way, I felt like he was, it was a lot easier to fill out who he wanted to win because he would pick the, he would pick one fighter and he would go into their fight style and what they needed to do. And then he would adjust and he would kind of go back, but really it was, it was focusing in on one fighter. Well, he would talk like everybody says it. One of the smartest minds in the sport, as far as with fighters going, like mm-hmm. as far as fighters go, I think he will absolutely be a coach. Uh, later on, down. and he's because he, usually, like in most sports, you know, like the stars, the champions, they can't really be coaches. With the way that his careers went, where he's had to adjust and he's had to take four years off, um, and j- again, just how cerebral he is, uh, it's like him and Cormier. Him and Cormier are going to be coaches. If Forever. He but if he doesn't stay with the UFC, ESPN is going to pick him up or somebody else. Like, he's going to do commentary. He's going to be a coach. It's weird to me how much I can like Dominic Cruz when he's not trying to build up a fight. If he's I like just, just fine when he's building up a fight. Oh, man. Listening to him and Uriah Faber banter is awful. If I could just listen to him talk about fighting. Just say, instead of saying Faber, just say Alpha Mel. Alpha Mel. Alpha Fell. Anyone, really. Anyone that he's tried to build up a fight with has been annoying. But who else? Who else did he like? Chad, not Chad Mendes. He has gotten to, like spats with Chad Mendes, but they obviously didn't fight. Alpha male. Um No love. No, well, no love. No TJ love. Actually, Dillashaw, is pretty but fun. He's no longer. And then Dillashaw was the other one. But is there anyone else? Who else has been prevalent? And I mean, Burrell was was there, beat everybody, and then lost in the time that he was there. See, that's the thing. He's never really had a beef with anybody else. Think about it. Well, then hearing him beef. If I can just hear him commentate or hear him do like UFC Tonight or whatever else, I'm a huge fan of Dominic Cruz. I even like his fight style. However, trying to hear him talk banter and talk smack on Alpha Male has got to be some of the most annoying banter I have ever heard. Fair. I, I like it just fine. Like, I, I honestly don't care. But, but I mean, we were just listening to Chel and stuff before this. Like, there's a, I mean, Conor McGregor, Chel and there's guys that are good at it that you know... They're just good at it, and it's different. I mean, and maybe he doesn't think that way. Like the one, like the Ken Shamrocks, um, and those guys that think, okay, I'm going to build up a fight rather than okay, all of my time and effort is going into fight technique, and here's what he does here, and here's what he does there, and whatever else it is, and less about banter. Like I understand that almost like type A versus type B. Like I'm very much detail oriented and this is how I think and this is how it's going to work versus type B which are like eh, yeah we're going to make this work out and we're going to have fun doing it you know what I mean well he this is my thing with him he uh he is cerebral even cerebral even in that sense not incredibly clever but he thinks about all the things that TJ Dillashaw would come out with him and he already has a response to it and then he has a default response if something comes that blindsides him that he didn't anticipate so he just shuts him down every step of the way being like They'll bring up, oh, you can't even stay healthy. Well, yeah, but I still came back and beat your ass. Mm-hmm. Well, and the hard part is, is with the Uriah Faber, he finally gets to the point where he's like, I've got an answer for every one of these because it's been the same things he's been saying for the last seven years. I think Cody's a little bit better at uh, at firing back, so we'll see. Um, the other thing, I, so I was going to say this. Um, that's not a slam on MMA fighters about the commentary. I think just in general, if you think about all commentating, typically you like more a hype guy. You don't really like people talking about techniques too much. UFC might be one of the most technically explained sports there are. But I feel like Joe Rogan I feel like Joe Rogan used to explain more, and now he feels like the people that are watching probably know. 
So Dominic Cruz, was I think he heard about that party that we went to that one time that people were talking crap on him, and he just was hurt, had his feelings <laughs> done, hurt. So fine, I'm done. <laughs> I don't, I don't care what you think about me. One, one hit MMA. I'm not going to go over this well, anymore. And, and that's the thing is, he did go kind of more like hype guy. But like, if you think about it, like he's he's literally the hype guy. Uh huh. The the the, the breakdowns because sports are so cerebral. Um, like when you get to the like the Belichick, if we watch what the Belichick's done with three mm-hmm. different quarterbacks over the last like year, and then losing, you know, all those like, but then you don't really go into that. You just go over like the basic. Well, this is the move that he made. This is the double move that he made to get free, and then they hit him here. But like, so that I don't really think there's like a space for the dominant Cruz in typical sports. I hope we hold on to him and actually get him to commentate and everything like that because it is fun to have. He should just be doing breakdowns. Like Dan Hardy does, but Dan Hardy gets real cerebral in his breakdowns, just like uh, what's his name, Joe Black or whatever. I think Dan Hardy's though more prone to freak out and like actually get hyped and get emotionally involved yeah. in the fights, which is I all I also He's like. He's not a robot. And, well, and neither is Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz is anything but. Well, I mean, he might actually be a robot. Let's He's just zeros and ones. Let's just put it like this. So both of us agree that if when and if Joe Rogan leaves, we'd both like to see Dan Hardy be the next person. Dan Hardy's my number one. He's, I, it, yeah, Britain can have all their other MMA athletes. We'll take Dan Hardy, and we can just leave it from there. Number two, that, w- would you put <laughs> would you put Brian Stan or would you put Dominic Cruz? I like Dominic Cruz more. Okay, so I agree with that. Dan Hardy, Dominic Cruz, Brian Stan, DC fourth. No, DC it, needs to be on Fox or ESPN. He, he shouldn't be doing commentary. No, I can kind of no, agree not he shouldn't be, but I. He's I wouldn't a, like it as much. I don't. There's a lot of people that dislike DC's commentary. I like I like him, but if you're putting it up there, like he wouldn't be on my who's next list. I just I would assume John Anik just as much as I would him. Um, who else do they get? Is there anyone? No, but I mean we're talking the fight analysis. John Anik, Mike Goldberg, those are the the color commentary. Right. Kenny Florian does a decent job. That would probably be my top five. So we go Dan Hardy. Yep. Um. Honestly, with that being said, I know that I just said, and we'll get into this in a little bit because I actually have a pretty funny story with the Paul too. But um, on that one, but that being said, I actually think Bisbing would be good at it too. Bisbing's he, he hasn't done any though, has he? I think he'd be. I'm saying I think he would be good. I'd have to hear it. He's a good talker. Like let's let's be one hundred percent. And he's honest. a great and he's a great hype man. I don't think he would actually break it down though. He would. He's been he, in the sport so long. One, he knows everybody's style. Yep. He has a like he does break it down. If you listen to him like coaching and things like that, uh, his like his uh, takedown like his breakdowns like if you actually like watched a few videos of him in the gym and everything like he gets it. Obviously, he's the middleweight champion now. Um, I I think he would be good. I and he's done he's done the Fox ones and he's been good there. I think he would actually be better in the fight. Did he ever break down any of the metamorph? No, that's chill. Chelsea yeah. and if you could, if I could get my dream team of like announcers that would switch out Dan Hardy, Chelsea and Michael Bisbing. No, maybe Michael Bisbing if he showed that he was good, and then Dominic Cruz on lower level fights. So let's talk about it like this: you got UFC on Fox. I'd probably want to see someone like a Dan Hardy, someone that's interesting to listen to because of his accent, someone that knows and is breaking it down, but at the same time is getting hyped if someone gets knocked out, he gets excited or whatever else. Then. If it was a, a card like Brasilia, I think it did perfect with Dominic Cruz because there's a fight that's somewhat boring because it's, you know, to the casual the casual viewer, 
and you have a commentary guy breaking down why it's interesting, I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, okay, here's what he's going to do here. He needs to get the underhooks, and he needs to push against the fence, and he needs to do this. Like, How, how do you feel about three-man teams? I don't like them at all. Okay. Remember when they put Mike Tyson in there on Bellator, and it just turned into a crazy... Ah, that's different, though. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm thinking, like, I don't like you know, you do, like, you do a Goldberg and Anik and, like, a DC, like you do a guest of somebody that's out of the sport at that time, like a Randy Couture. Not necessarily him. That was just the first thing yeah, that I came to you. mind. But um, I think it turns. I think you have two people that are are treating it like a job, and one person that's treating it like they're there to just BS. You know what I mean? I'd, I'm just thinking of like oh, I also think like Chuck Liddell and stuff like that. I don't know if he'd be nec- I'm the best, but I know that he, like if you watch him during the fights, I'm just trying to think of somebody that would bring the energy. And really get not Chuck Liddell. If you watch him during fights, I guess, but he just seems so calm all of the time. Not during fights, like he's. There's a whole bunch of pictures of like him and Dana, like Tito, Barry, and Bader, and they're freaking out together. And you know how much he doesn't like Bader, but yeah, um, that would be something to play around with, I think. But I don't like three. Hardy, I like two. I Hardy, Hardy is one. my is is my guy, man. I really really want that and to happen. DC should just stay in the booth. I think he could do it. That's, he, also, incredibly smart. Like you're going to learn stuff in, from him. Incredibly like. biased. His voice. Listening He's not to biased. His, li- listening to his voice for eight hours is a little rough. He's not biased though. Dominic Cruz, even though he sounded like a computer, I really liked it. And like I said, I may have liked it more because some of those fights were going to go to a decision, and they weren't the most exciting to watch. Listen, he's trying to make it exciting, but all he's hearing in his head are zero one zero one zero zero zero. Everything's binary. It's all binary. Except um, for genders now. Yeah. Those those are fluid. <laughs> so, um anyways. Uh the knockout from the knockout from big 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 the, the knockout of Bigfoot from Big Country. Oh, that got confusing. Too many punches. He hit him what, four times? And then on the fifth one he like looked at John it was and was five, like uh, and he was going for another one and he like looked at him. Dude, that was kinda like the Frank Muir one though. Mm. Where he didn't like he wasn't defending himself. His eyes didn't roll the back and his, of his head, head. Well, and his head was up, um, but he was clearly out. And J- Big John, I mean, he was the one like that we quoted two weeks ago that was just explaining knockouts. Mm-hmm. He's had three thousand, three thousand five hundred plus fights. He's got to have seen something like that before. Those are big hands getting hit from. Same thing happened to Alistair over him and Stipe. Mm-hmm. Stipe did not need to punch Alistair as many times as he did. And that's not on them. And that was Herb Dean, right? That wasn't Big John. On uh, the Stipe fight? Uh-huh. I don't remember. I don't remember either. And I should probably should have uh, looked that up before I uh, started talking about it, but same thing. It seems to happen more at the heavier weights. Which it should happen least there. Mm-hmm. It should happen a lot less. I agree. Uh, so let's get into the controversy of him kicking Big John McCarthy. I don't think there's that much controversy. Well, it. there's controversy because Jason High apparently touched a ref and got booted out of the UFC. Touched or what did he do? I think he shoved a referee. I don't know. I'd have to actually see it. But that's what everyone's point I don't, is I can't on Twitter s- right now is Jason High did lesser of that and got in trouble for lesser? it. Lesser? I mean, he they, did next to nothing to seem. Big John. If you ask, look, like, if we talk to Big John... Apparently they got into a backstage. Big him and Big John. Well, it's probably because Roy came at him. It's not like Big John's going to seek him out to to say anything. I don't know. I don't um, know who was, approached who first. It was. I guarantee you, it was Big Country. Just, I mean, because think about it. Big John. I mean, he flipped gonna... him off in the back of the ring, and he, he kind of made a scene of it. Well, he was upset. It was his friend, man. Yeah. And I get it, but like, I mean, Big John, like I said, he he's there to accept 
his mistakes. He, of all of his 3,000 plus fights, he had cataloged in his head. They asked him if he'd ever made a mistake. He said, absolutely, and just pulled one out of his head. And I think he would chalk that one up for a mistake as mm-hmm. well. And, I mean, getting into it backstage, they probably got into a yelling match. But, yeah. I, I mean, even if I think, I mean, we can ask Big John. <laughs> we can get on Twitter and say, hey, do he you think that job. Roy Nelson should be booted from the UFC? What hey, do you think he's going to say? He'll say no. No. He'll say not for kicking me. <laughs> His fat self should get it. No, yeah, that was the other funny thing of watching it with Paul. And he just goes, ugh, what is that? And I was like, he is a fan favorite. That is big country, sir. I met the dude. I think that dude puts on weight. You've seen the picture of him and I. Mm-hmm. He's he. I was at I think two maybe two fifteen two twenty in that picture, mm-hmm. and he looked. He's shorter than I am, but he looked about my size. Like I think he bulks up because he looks small. He looked really small, and I asked him if he was cutting down to two hundred five, and he said, "I've been I've been asked that a lot." Either that, or it was just someone that looked exactly like him that wasn't actually him. That was him. That was that was big country. Well, um, I, sa- I said Roy Nelson, and he turned towards me. Maybe he was trying out for the Pablo Escobar thing at the time. Maybe he was trying to be Pablo. He's maybe, got the beard. He's got the beard, but he's too white. All right, uh, two more big things to talk about with this. What, uh, what are your feelings first off on that on the on the big John on big country versus big John? Can I can I be one hundred with Bigfoot? Can I be one hundred percent honest? Yeah. I looked away from the TV when it happened, and I never saw it. Eh, you know what happened, though. I know he kicked him, but I don't know what the actual it was, like. If it was a hard kick or it was like a, a little kick. no, it was a push. I thought that he oh, was, it was a being, push kick. So Big John's bending over, um, and he went like this. Okay, yeah, he yeah. didn't like Big John. Didn't like he's on. He's squatting, like looking at Bigfoot. Didn't fall over. I thought he was being like a dick. And he was going up to Bigfoot and just showing his foot like, oh, I've got the big feet or something like that. Like he was the like, but uh, it was clear then at that point. And I mean, and I missed, I looked away and I missed it. You and know Anik, I mean? did you hear about when he asked, when Anik asked him about it? Yeah, I did hear that. I mean, he wasn't like overly critical of Big John at that point. He's just like, he's my friend. He didn't need to take those punches. And it's his job. And my, it's my job to knock people out and it's his job to, to stop fights. And he's like, and it's part of my job to know when someone's knocked out. And I knew he was knocked out. Um, so let's go ahead. You said two more things. I'm sorry. There's actually know. several different things. So let's get into the one that I think will be a shorter conversation, which is uh, Theodoro Spartan. Oh, what is his name? Yeah, no, Theodoro. Last name Theodoro. That took over the UFC Twitter account and was making personalized comments about the fighters. Cool or not cool? fine it's fine so do you do you agree that certain fighters should get irritated about it especially when they're not involved it wasn't them that he was referring to i I wouldn't get upset about it but yeah they they can do that too i mean it just makes but i wouldn't give us something to talk about i wouldn't mind getting roasted i think it would be funny right that's what i was gonna say if i took over the twitter account and i changed the password with the intent that i was gonna give it back to you later and just started saying some funny things about you like you got beat up by Abbott or whatever, you know, like not like serious. Like he made really benign beat, comments beat up by Travis. He made comments about a guy being a baby and that he he would essentially never put him to bed because he would get beat up by him. Um, they're really benign comments. But even so, the yellow Power Ranger, who's somehow a personality when it comes to MMA fights, she actually did the uh, picture of the old Ren and Stimpy log skit. Log, log, everyone loves a log. Anyway, it's basically you get a log as a pet. And she put the the picture of the kid looking up at the log 
making it seem like that's what he looked like, just one giant log <laughs> rather than a person. And that's how they trained is just holding onto a log. Do we just want nobody to commentate on anything because they're afraid that they're going to, like, offend somebody? Well, like, And Spartan's known to be a goof on his own Twitter account. So, I mean, you have to expect that if he gets the UFC's Twitter account, he's going, just like talking influencers again, which somehow is going to get in. When we go to an influencer and we say, hey, we want you to... Sp- we want you to do something for our our product. You let them use their personality and their name and their way of doing things to do it. So if you get someone who's, I mean, if you're going to go we get, talked about this with Bill Burr, yeah, like exactly. I, w- the only advertisements that I ever listen to are Bill Burr's because he shits all <laughs> over them. And uh, I've honestly, if I thought about getting a number of them, I just typically don't go out and buy things off the internet. That's why I haven't. But like. All the other ones, it's 15 seconds forward, 15 seconds forward, 15 seconds forward. See, I will listen to every one of his. What everyone on this podcast needs to know is Carson doesn't trust the government, so he doesn't want to put his information in on the internet. Bull crap, so I, take people, I take people's information all day. <laughs> I get them TV services yes, all day. Does. I have no problem with that. And what he means is he actually meant VD services. I don't know what that means other than venereal disease. That's exactly what, that's exactly what it is. You don't know. Defund Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just but seriously. Ki- no, but um, I mean, we are from Utah. Just well, kidding. Just kidding. No, but we are. We are. <laughs> All right. But seriously. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's get into Cyborg. So. Um, Unless you want to talk about something else. So, no. no this is it. That's what I was going to go to next. So. They have the uh, the faceless men in Game of Thrones, and essentially the the people that Cyborg are going to fight at this point are going to be the faceless women. Um, it doesn't matter who they put in front of her; she's going to run through them. I don't understand the reference. <laughs> you you did a great job explaining the it reference. It doesn't make it doesn't matter who's in front of her, um, and that's not necessarily like an accurate portrayal of what the faceless men are. They're actually assassins, but like it doesn't matter who they put in front of her. She's going to destroy him. So today, apparently, I have numbered lists because there's, there's two more things about this that I would like to get into. It's okay. almost like one A, B, two A, B. Let's talk about it. First and foremost, um, is it advantageous? Is she big enough of a star in order for the UFC to create a 145 division around Chris Cyborg? I actually went over this in my other podcast yesterday. Um, I was asking Paul about it uh, again with him. What's um, the consensus? So they did the exact same thing with Ronda Rousey. Name the other like at the time. Could you have named any other person besides her and Misha? No. And interestingly enough, getting in on that, I actually went back and I'm watching the Misha Tate Ronda Rousey season. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the fights into the house and mm-hmm. looking at all of these Invicta fighters that I now watch, having watched Invicta being on Fight Pass, and I'm like, I know who most of these girls are. Mm-hmm. And you listen to Ronda and Misha, and they're like, these girls have been around for forever. Baszler. Baszler had been around yeah. forever. Baszler had been around for forever. Um, the girl that's dating Josh Barnett. I can't remember her name. And then what's-her-face, uh, the one that just won Invicta this weekend, the really nerdy one that does all the cosplay and stuff. Oh, she won? No, she lost. Mata, oh, Matafari or something like pretty, that? I, was, I wanted her to lose just because cosplay. Like, the, I don't have she anything against nice, cosplay. Though. Yeah. But I wanted you gotta have somebody that you want to win in a you, fight, and I wanted her to lose. I looked you, at her and you, I wanted her to lose. You know I've dressed up like the Hulk before, right? Well, I don't care. But that was if you got in a fight, I want you to lose. If you're dressing up like the Hulk, <laughs> that's well, not true. I didn't get in a fight. I would have had to get in a fight with someone that was homeless because I dressed up like the Hulk. To go she to the dressed up like something, and then I, I just looked yeah. at her and wanted her to lose. And it's she's I don't have su- anything against cosplay. She's super goofy. I go to Comic Con. Yeah, in to Utah, me. not San Diego. Yeah. 
Uh, yes, thanks to you. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go ahead. I'm anyway, sorry. so it was interesting is, to me now knowing that the UFC has their division, now knowing that Evicta's on fight pass, and going back and watching these girls try and fight to get into the house. Valerie Letourneau lost to get into the house, and it was probably the best thing that could have happened to her because she didn't have to deal with the freaking Ultimate Fighter house. Mm-hmm. And then she went on to challenge for a belt. It's probably not the best thing that could happen to her, but... Um, if it didn't count against her record... She could, yeah, she, but what could, if she would have got the she contract? But she could have continued to train a TriStar, which she did, and she ended up getting a title shot. All right. I mean, I'm just saying she could have done that a lot earlier. And she had a kid. I don't think mentally she would have, like, she seemed very heartbroken that she might have. In fact, I don't think she tried her hardest because I thought she thought that potentially she, psychology of Emma, Reddit could rip us up for this because they love people getting the psychology of MMA. But she was... She I'm seemed, actually with them on this. I, I think we look too much into psychology, but go ahead. I agree. She seemed very heartbroken to have to leave her family, and it seemed like it played a huge part into her losing that fight. That's and it. it didn't do anything to her career because she ended up getting a title fight anyway. I'm just saying not necessarily the best thing. Yeah, I agree. It could have essentially just been a thing that happened. And it, that's the thing is in MMA, there's no clear path because it's so... It's such a, it's such a young sport we have college that goes into other sports and things like that. We know the path that you take to get professional in other sports. There's a lot of different ways you can do it in MMA. But she fought at 115, right? That's where Joanna fights? Yeah. So I think that fight to get into the Ultimate Fighter House was for 135. Yep. And then she ended up dropping down to 125 to compete for the belt. 115? 115, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, so do I think that they should... I mean, it's a risk. Um... But you don't I have, also do you have an Invicta you do have an Invicta you do have an Invicta weight class of one forty five correct so in, te- technically Invicta has made created a weight class of one forty five more or less for Chris Cyborg. Also think about it like this: uh, Carlos Barza was the clear cut one fifteen er. Who did you know before? Like on that, I'm mean, I'm the same. I didn't know anybody. Nobody. They took a risk. Now they have Joanna, mm-hmm. who's. A stud, maybe going to be the most dominant champion for the foreseeable future. She, I think, she has the least likelihood of actually losing. We'll see. She's got a tough fight coming up. Um, Poland s- versus Poland. She's training at ATT now. Did you see? I saw that? that. I saw that. Big deal or no? Mm. I it's mean, good for them. They a- get another champion. ATT is a solid gym. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that she'll now be injured every fight. <laughs> Sorry, two hundred five. You're going to lose your women's championship fight. Um. What are you, what's your opinion on the one forty five division? Because uh, this is what this is what we went over, and then I'll ask you that again. I actually like your trump card. I think that being like, hey, you know what? They more or less made made a division of one thirty five for Ronda Rousey. However, you did have Misha Tate, and you did have some uh, some fighters that had been there for a while. Um, but did we know any of them? Making it tough made it a lot easier for people. They to would come have to in. do that. Yep. And I think uh, I think you're right. I didn't think. It was a good idea at all to make a 145 division around um, Chris Cyborg. I heard rumors that part of their contract with Invicta was that they would not do that. Um, But now she's signed with the UFC technically, so who knows? Because they would just take more people from Invicta, but Invicta could then create more people. Is it that, or do you just keep doing catchweights for for forever and just keep selling her out in Brazil? And eventually you're going to lose 135ers that want to go up to do that because... You're just going to get destroyed, you're, and it just derails your career to a certain extent. Yep. Like you don't, I mean, okay, if you beat Cyborg, you're automatically in talk to go to 135 belt. But that is a that is the road that's been, not been traveled very often, mm-hmm. and is is not a, a not a successful route. Chris Cyborg versus Ronda Rousey. 
Chris Cyborg does a lot in the clinch, and she didn't seem to be Cyborg really trying to. Versus Ronda? You think Ronda can throw her or no? No. So getting into this leads right into the second point. The biggest situation I saw and the biggest difference I saw between both fighters was their physical attributes. Chris Cyborg at 140 pounds weighing in was pure muscle. Even after she started to put weight back on, she was still probably 165, pure muscle. She told Landsberg she came in at 170. Yeah. You look at Landsberg, Landsberg looked looked like she could have dropped easily to 135, if not down to 125. She looked like she had a little bit of weight on her to make sure that she was around that weight range. That being said... There's a reason why Chris Cyborg is most likely pure muscle. I mean, she's she's a sweetheart, and I don't want to say anything against her personally. However, she has peed hot for steroids before. I don't even think it was just PEDs. I'm pretty sure it was actual just like straight horse steroids. I'm going to be 100% honest. She has got the face of a steroid user. Like, yeah. that's some people use performance-enhancing drugs. Like, you can see the, the defined characteristics on her face. The little bit that I know of being, like, seeing, you know, Enlarged nose, enlarged ears, enlarged the forehead, brow. like yeah. the the cheekbones, like she looks like she's on steroids. Not anymore necessarily. I mean, it's pretty rid. Like I feel like it's pretty hard testing these days. Um, but she was on them clearly. No, oh, yeah, she tested positive. So here's my question: Going back, if you, those of you who have not listened to the Jordan Smith episode of this podcast, it was like the third or fourth one in when we were still pretty bad at it. But he discusses the psychological breakdown of the use of steroids. If you have great talent, natural talent plus trained talent, and steroids will potentially make you a world champion, would you not use them? You look at Chris Cyborg, who is a perfect example. She used steroids. She got in trouble for steroids. Yeah, exactly. She started winning, and everybody forgot, and nobody really cares that she was on steroids anymore. Niall... Our Irish friend. There's several people that really get really irritated about it. But now she is the best in the world. So is it more or is it more advantageous? Or in your opinion, is it more advantageous or less advantageous for a fighter to try and get away with taking steroids? Now, uh, less advantageous. But Not a lot of people can go out for two years. And come back and be competitive. There's not everybody. Again, Dominic Cruz is, is an example of somebody that can. And I think, again, that is how cerebral he is. Um, and that was even keep, injury. So, I mean, someone on steroids could continue to train. And Dominic Cruz could not. But there's still there's still a difference. You have to be in the cage. There's a different mm-hmm. feeling. This The speed's different. Everything's mm-hmm. different. The emotions are different. Two years out is two years out. Vitor, yeah, Vitor is a great example of that. Too. After seeing John Jones out for what a year and come back and fight OSP, uh, OSP uh, was that advantageous for him? Yeah, no, that was pretty. I rough. mean, it depends. Obviously, Jose Aldo versus Conor McGregor. Yep. Yeah, if you're out for an extended period of time, two years is huge. I mean, but you look at people now that are coming in at twenty two, twenty three. The division moves past you, but you could come back. You can. I mean, so let's... But you have to go through some tough, killer fights to get there. Think I, about who Ronda would have to go through to get to the title fight. She's going to get a direct one, but who she should go through. Noon. noon. You think she's going to... You think she would beat Holly Holmes, Misha Tate, um, Valerie... She- or is it Val- It's not Valerie Shevchenko. It's... Um, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Valentina mm-hmm. thank you. Um, is she going to run through all of them again? I don't think so. No. 
It's interesting to me getting into the names of people that have been tested t- positive now for steroids, especially back in the day. Vitor Belfort. PEDs. PEDs, thank you. PEDs. Chris Cyborg, Vitor Belfort, Josh Barnett. Um, he, uh, not Heath Herring, sorry. T- Tim Sylvia. I mean, there's a long list of people that had to give up their belts back in the day for steroid use. And all of them are back in the UFC. And it really seems like no one cares anymore. And it's like, I wonder where I stand. Because I look back at the Pride Days and I am annoyed by the Pride Days. And a lot of people are like, oh, it doesn't matter. Or, oh, if you got busted once, that doesn't mean you used your whole career. But the fact is, if you use once, chances are you used your whole career until you got caught and potentially didn't use after that. And it really is a question of what is your career worth? How good are you naturally and how much better can you be or how much faster can you can you heal in order to get back in, in and fight again and be the best? if you use steroids compared to not using steroids. And I understand that, that dilemma that one person would go through. Um, I've never had enough natural talent at anything to just be like, huh, if I had this performing, enhancing, whatever it is, I could be so much better at it. And you hear the same thing in like business, right? The pill that all Wall Street execs are taking to put them ahead of the game. And it's like, you mean cocaine? <laughs> Did I tell you about the uh, the kid that I knew that he is like, the backup for the backup for the bobsled team. Mm-mm. And he's just barely oh, yeah. getting into that. And a couple months ago. It was skeleton, honestly, right? Or is it bobsled? Pretty sure it's bobsled. It, it might have been actually. It might have been luge. I think it was actually luge. I don't think it, you might be right. Anyways, he's he's like, he's a ways down the line. Mm-hmm. And this, this goes into, you know, Jordan's story too. Nothing professional about it. But all of a sudden on his doorstep, boom. Or maybe it was like a comment or something like that. It's just so weird. Uh, And, I mean, for you to realize your dreams, I've never been in that position, like you said. I can't necessarily fault anybody uh, for going after it. Morally, I can. If I'm like, I don't think that you should do that, especially for in a sport where you're punching people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm not going to like, I don't know. I don't know if I could hold it against you. It's like everything that you've been going for your whole life. You're good at this one thing. You may not be good at anything else. And your whole life's riding on it. It's, it's, It's poverty or steroids poverty or peds what do you pick you if you look at human nature most people will do whatever benefits them for the the will benefit them the short term for the longest amount of time if that makes any sense so like embezzling money people will do it drug dealing people will do it because they they see the consequences long term but short term they're they're bound to make a lot of money and long term usually you're going to get caught but that short term You've got you've got the opportunity to make a ton of money, and you've got women that are saying that Cyborg's the greatest of all time. I don't know, you know, Anderson Silva. Can you really be the greatest of all time on steroids? Yes. Is there an asterisk like baseball? No. You, you have the home run record, but no. We are, baseball, their history hasn't been tainted by steroids uh, for the duration of it. Um, I mean, you can get into the Tosh skit about Babe Ruth not having to hit against uh, CC Sabathia. Yeah. But you um, also get into Mickey Mantle saying that their managers and trainers used to give them pills that they didn't know what they did. They just took them. Right. And I mean, not but I'm, I'm just, uh, anyway, sorry. One of those guys, but we're talking like hundred year history. When has steroids not been a part of MMA? It started. Right. MMA started with massive steroid users. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, theirs is more of a history thing. Do you, I mean, we don't know how long Anderson Silva did him for. No. Um, 
we don't know if he did it from Rich Franklin all the way up to, you know, Michael Bisbing or, you know, whoever it may be. We don't know. Does that take that does that take away from him ducking Forrest Griffin's punches at 205, 20 pounds heavier than him and just making Forrest Griffin look like an amateur? No. No. John Jones. That's all technique. Like being on cocaine and all of his uh, his drug use. I know they're not PEDs, quote unquote, but like, is he not the greatest of all time? Like, I think right now Anderson Silva is the greatest of all time. I don't even care about his PED use as far as like that qualification for it. I preferred him not to do him, obviously. Yeah. But then John Jones is going to overtake him if he could actually fight and stop getting himself into trouble. I think if you told anyone that they could be the uh, UFC champion and, the, and potentially the greatest of all time if they t- just took PEDs, they would do it in a second. I don't think that there would be any hesitation with those people going into that sport. Even if you told them you're going to be the UFC champion for one fight, you're going to make a smooth, not even telling them how much money that they're going to make, but you're going to be the UFC champion for one fight and then you're going to get busted. Would you do it? I, mean, I guarantee they probably still say, yeah, I'll be the champion no matter what. I'll have been the champion for at least that amount of time. I'll have won the belt and proved to myself that I can do it. It's a very odd thing. And for me, a lot of it is not, I mean, performance-enhancing drugs. First off, there's so many on the list, and people that you know claim to just, like, they just crucify people for doing them. Some of that stuff is so... Mm-hmm. Ca- large amounts of caffeine? Yeah, like, some of it is so, like, just inconsequential. I mean, if you're removing your own blood, putting it in containers in the fridge, and then injecting it back in, and blood doping, that's... That's a pretty freaking big deal. Yeah. I, I if you're agree. taking DHEA, unless you're trying to mask something, that's not a big deal. Right. And uh, I have DHEA in my cupboard downstairs. Right. And I mean, that's that's such a, it seems like such a silly thing. So we don't honestly know a lot of the time of what people get caught for. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, we, we're going to always talk about them because they're always going to be prevalent in the sport. I, I'm just not equipped to tell people they're right or wrong to do it. And do, do I think that... Everybody's pretty much on him. Like, remember what Jordan said? Everybody's on He met one guy in his entire career that wasn't. And he might have been. And he might have been. Just, it just never came up. And But you and I are both much more for, like, everyone's got free agency, but you've got to deal with the consequences. You can use steroids if you want, but if you get caught, you have to deal with the consequences. Yeah. Uh, I've got no problem with that. I have no problem with you being suspended for two years. Yep. All right. So let's get on to UFC Portland, a.k.a. UFC should have been SLC. Yep. Wait, actually, doesn't look like I. I didn't see Sean O'Connell on this card, so I take that back. I thought he was. He must not be on this. Looking through real quick. Sorry. Okay, so there's actually a fight at the bottom of this before we get into it that I was. I'm actually interested in seeing Cody East, our man who no one wants in the UFC from looking for a fight. The heavyweight kid that had all of the the super sketchy past yes. and lost his first fight. Yes, he's fighting Curtis Blades. Yes, who fought Niganau. Niganu. Yes. The guy that is ridiculously yeah, the French strong dude, yes. and crazy and going to be probably have a very good career in the UFC. So he was five and zero oh until he lost that fight. I think I, I want I'm excited for him as a prospect. So he's the second fight in. So can Cody East be called Littlefoot? Look at those little feet on his stomach. <laughs> I hope those are just smaller versions of Bigfoot's feet. I know there are his kids, and I hope that's not somebody that passed away because I can't tell. So I really hope. Not, but. <laughs> That's for the fan to decide. Um, other than that, what do you think about Nate Marquardt being on the uh, fight, fight pass prelims? 
with the barn cat, Tamden McCroy. McCrory. We're getting our paying that we're doing for fight pass. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, you think he should be up higher? No. You think that's it? No, you know the deal with her, like the, yeah. the fight pass. They need somebody on it. And uh, I'm actually, after listening to the the kind of the series that he did with Chelsea Sonnen, I really like uh, I like Mark Ward. Once again, another like guy that busted for steroids. PEDs. PEDs. Was it steroids? I think it might have actually been I, don't know. I think it might have been straight steroids. With yeah. um, interesting, fun fact that that's popped up this week featuring Nate Marquardt. They actually featured him, uh, the short clip of Nate Marquardt knocking out Tyrone Woodley. And the promotion was, watch the man that knocked out the, the current champion on Fight Pass this weekend. Mm-hmm. And Tyrone Woodley got pissed and tweeted back and was like, this is amateur. Like, basically, why are you guys doing this? And I think it's great marketing. However, I think I don't know if I'd throw my champion under the bus like that. Well, I think Fight Pass, like, they have their own director. And he's trying, his job is to sell Fight Pass. Yeah. Like, think about how, like, the divisions happen in those industries. If you were, say that you were over the Fight Pass, you've had, you've done stuff like that before where you have to, like, get a product up and going. Mm-hmm. They have to get Fight Pass up and going. They give you Nate Marquardt. Mm-hmm. How do you sell it? Could you imagine being the social media guy writing it and having the, the current welterweight champion being like, hey, man, who wrote this? And you'd be like, please don't come into my office. Please don't come into my office. I don't want to fight you. Uh, that would be awful. Because Tyrone's a scary, scary man. Would yeah. be good. Yeah. Nobody's trying to nobody's trying to fight Tyrone. Woodley. And another fight on this. Andre Feely, last guy to lose to uh not the last guy. You always ask the questions, but I, I always want to know your opinion because I feel like we never go over them. Do you, would you take how do you, how would you handle that though? Like oh, man. if you were over the product and they're like, We need you to sell fight pass, we need fight pass to be more prevalent. I wouldn't do it like that. I wouldn't I wouldn't post about it like that specifically. I just I think Nate Quartz, Nate Marquardt's a big a big enough name in the UFC. Um, Who's he a big name to? Anyone that's liked the sport for over five years. So people that already have fight pass. Yeah. And what are you trying to do? Uh, good point. You're trying to sell more. Yeah. I mean, it's a brilliant marketing ploy. I don't know if they tagged Tyrone Woodley in it or not, and if they did, <laughs> they probably should not have. I mean, I I would be I am actually more for them tagging him in it. They, they That's got a not lot. fair to just be like, oh, let's hope he doesn't figure it out. That seems more like they a bitch move. Wow, well, if you think about it, the smart way, not being you're you're not representing that. As soon as he tweeted out about it and it blew up, that's more marketing for Fight Pass. Mm-hmm. No, no bad publicity. So, yeah, no, I probably would have done the oh, same thing. One thing I was going to ask you about. Sorry to go back to the Roy Nelson thing. No, you're good. Um, I mean, this is essentially a non-story. I probably shouldn't say that and then, like, also follow it up. This is essentially a non-story, but I'm going to. Uh, him wearing the Brazil fight kit, do you like? Do you think it should be you representing your own place or because he had a Brazil fight kit on? Reebok's a joke. People can do whatever they want. If freaking... That wasn't him, though. That was. I mean, that wasn't Reebok. That was him. I know, but I mean, if freaking Brock Lesnar can come out in, in Canada, a Canada... Canada. Canada. Um, I actually think that they can probably... so. It showed, what's his face? What is his name? Dalby. Nicholas Dalby, who fights out of Denmark, actually came in and, and showed how they made the, the jerseys. It's as easy as just taking the green jersey and putting right. his name on the oh, back. Oh, that's anything, though. I could buy a I could buy a, a Miami Heat Durant jersey if I really want to put the money down. I think of anything, 
he seemed to be trying to point out some of the flaws in a lot of things. Flaws in how fights are called, flaws in refing, flaws in certain things that the UFC is doing with fight kits and people being able to pick whatever fight kit that they want. Um, that segues into one other thing about the, the last card and the Reebok. Did you see how much Cyborg got paid? 5000 2500 Really? Oh, because there's 2500 for both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand that at all. It's just so shitty. If you crush someone's soul and you make the exact same sponsorship money as them, that doesn't make any sense. Or in you know, in your home country where you could make hundreds of thousands of dollars in sponsorships. Yeah, well, not even like like crushing your right. I mean, crushing your soul, but even not even that. Just you are headlining the card. I am putting the asses in the seats. Mm-hmm. You could like give me one row of the tickets. Then just yeah. give me one row. Don't even give me the stupid Reebok money. How much am I going to make? Like. It's dumb. It's so stupid. All those comp tickets that you didn't actually give away, give me the rest of the comp tickets. Not give me them, but the prices that would have been made off of those comp tickets. And by row, I meant all the way around the stadium. I understand that like one row on one section probably not going to be very substantial. Uh, well, not in Brasilia, but yeah. Um, so there's that one. Andre Feely fighting. He lost to Yari Rodriguez last. Hakran Diaz. Two guys in that division that are, you know, in the 145 division that are exciting fighters. Um, that one's definitely worth watching. I think I would like to see Feely get it done. I like him. He seems like a good dude. Uh, Smolka, Josh Berkman's fighting a no-name guy. You take the newcomer or do you take Berkman? Bobby Green? Zach Otto. Otto. Wait, you said Berkman? Josh Ber- Jack- Josh Berkman and I have Zach Otto. Oh, he's fighting Bobby to- Green. That's not what I've got here on the UFC website. It's not what I've got here on the UFC website. What? Did Bobby Green fall out? I don't think so. I was like, Bobby Green is not a right. guy. Am I yeah. dumb? All right, uh, UFC. I've got something <laughs> different on my on my my pa- my mobile app than Carson has on his computer. That's a little odd. But anyway, while we're looking into this, what do you think? Oh no, it is. Why would it be two different people? It is Bobby Green. Yeah, Josh Berkman's done so. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know about a no-name guy, but... Um, yeah, no, the, I, I'm not putting much into that. This is a tough the, fight for Berkman. Every fight is a tough fight for Berkman nowadays. But he, he shows up, man. He goes he goes to the decision, and he he makes it a fight the whole time. Didn't he finish his last fight? No. No, he lost to Paul Felder. In decision. That's unfortunate. Um, Will Brooks, Charles Oliveira, Cowboy Oliveira. I'm excited for that fight. I think Will Brooks takes it pretty easily. Um, I hope he does if the UFC paid the money to bring him over. Thrill Will Brooks. And then uh, Lineker Dotson, what do you think? Let's go into the breakdown of this one. we got about five minutes left. I like Dotson a lot. I kind of hate his interviews, but other than that, like I like his goofy ass just jumping <laughs> all over the place, like just a ball of energy. He's a great fighter um, to watch. He's a fun fighter to watch at that weight. I want to see him Dotson or him. him uh, Cruz? No, uh, sorry, the him Dillashaw too. I want to see because Dillashaw, I feel like has progressed a lot. I want to see how Dillashaw handles him. Probably more. We discussed this the other day, right? He's he's progressed more than probably anyone's come out of tough in a long period of time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And we both agree that it was him. I think there's one other name that we discussed as well. Yeah, Rodriguez, but he hasn't really progressed. He's no, he's actually progressed a lot since tough, but different. I think seasons. we were talking about people that didn't win that have progressed. Oh, that might have been it. Because, I mean, Yair won, right? Yeah. Um, I still haven't watched uh, that D- one yet. And Dillashaw lost. 
Yeah, Dillashaw I started lost watching to that and then and then didn't and then watched that fight that, that won him the fi- the Ultimate Fighter and he, it wasn't any good. He lost to Dodson. Yeah, TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, and I think that was the same one that Burrell beat Dennis Bermudez. I think that was the same one. And we're talking the the kid that lost to Colton Smith too. And Colton Smith Bermudez is, no is the other one. Bermudez. Yeah, I think that was the same season if I remember right. It was Bermudez versus Diego Brandao fell off, and then it was Dodson versus Dillashaw. Those three were actually still very relevant in the sport. Yeah, Brandao. Yeah, but I I like Dodson in this fight. Yeah, I I really like Lineker just because of his fight style. But man, do I hate that he didn't make weight almost at all. These guys used to both be in the one twenty five division, correct? Yeah, yeah. No, Dodson is a one twenty five. Yeah, and he's, he's just... come up because he's lost to, to, to DJ twice. Yeah, and Lineker was a one twenty five, but he couldn't make weight, so they pu- they pushed him to one thirty five. It's a fun fight. Looking at this one, I actually kind of like it more now than our card. Um, a little bit. I, I, I did like our Yair Caceres fight, though. I do and I don't. Brooks Oliveira, Lineker Dodson. I mean, this is a Salt Lake card. Kind of. Now that we don't have Sean O'Connell on it, it kind of is the... It, I mean, it has one guy on it. It has Berkman, and we had McGee. I mean, I don't think Nate Marquardt and McCrory is, is equivalent to Cub Swanson, um, Nawajiri, or whatever his name... Or Kawajiri. I'd much rather have, but Eastman Blades. I'd much rather have that because I at least know who they are. No, the main card because we. I mean, we had Kamozi Cote. I'd much rather have Green Berkman than than Kamozi Cote. Smoke Smoke. I couldn't care less about. I feel like they're pretty equivalent. Nah, you're probably right. I was just looking at the uh, the uh, the three main ones: Green Berkman, Brooks, Oliveira, Lineker, Dodson. Are neither Dodson or Lineker ranked at that? No, they are. Lineker's number three, and Dodson, I think, is unranked so it's, far. Which is dumb. Well, he hasn't fought yet. No, he's he's won one in that division. Has he? Okay, I'm wrong. I, I believe. Oh no, you dumb, Carson. I believe that he's won one in that in that division. I'm checking right now. Manny, uh, Manny, Manny Gambirian, who of course he's going to beat. And uh, Demetrius Johnson was his last. Manny Gambirian, I believe, also was a 125 or the one backup. Um. What was your? We'll end on this. I, I, who do you have, Dodson or Lineker? I got Dodson. Okay, I think Dodson stays out of the the reach of the punching power and out wrestles him. Um, over the weekend, everything that you saw between Risen and everything, <laughs> what was your uh, your standout performance of it? Whether it be at the uh, the cyborg Risen, stoppage, Risen is such a joke. As a Mirko Crow got did, you, a did you watch the crazy horse punch though? I did. It was dope. Do you think that was staged? It might have been. I was thinking that when I saw it. I'm just going off of it's not because I have no way of knowing, and it was dope because it looked like he just. So did you see? Uh, oh, what is the other dude's name? Middle Easy. He writes for Middle Easy. Super funny dude. Apparently, he uh, screenshotted one of Crazy Horse's Snapchats of him smoking a blunt in like Japan. Uh huh. And Crazy Horse sent him a, a DM and was like, "Why in the hell are you taking pictures of me on on Snapchat and screenshotting all of this stuff?" And he was like. Well, here's who I am. Here's my Twitter account, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, no, no, that's cool, man." <laughs> and apparently, was that before they actually, or after he said he was going to punch retarded kids, um, he, he was probably referring to this kid. He'd fight him. Even a handicap. He probably thought I'll he was fight handicapped. Any, dude, if you haven't seen that, look that up when Crazy Horse is talking about 
uh, punching or kicking a woman in the head because she threw a brick at him and she was a crack addict. And then saying after that, he doesn't care if somebody's going to punch him. It doesn't matter if it's a man, woman or child or retarded people. He will fight them. And he actually says retarded. <laughs> that, that, that is what he says. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, Reddit, for bringing these glorious stories to us. Reddit is by far the greatest thing ever. Deliver by by Reddit. What was your favorite, though? I, I think mine was the Luke knockout. Um, yeah, against Urbina. That thing was was we didn't talk that about that, good. but I did want to. I wanted to see what you thought over the overall the weekend because I actually did like the card. I sat down and watched most of it, uh, and I thought it was actually pretty good. Oh, this is a crazy horse! My favorite moment of this weekend was the Utah Utes. You shut up. We're talking about USC. MMA. I, I, you I, shut I, up. This was. I didn't really. This is you didn't a, like it. This is a forgettable weekend in in MMA, other than the crazy things that happened, but. Two two weeks from now, we're not going to be talking about this anymore. Until, I'm going to make a point to talk about until it. Until Cyborg has another fight, we're not going to talk about it. You know, it is what it is. What are you playing over there? I'm going to show you. I'm just getting this loaded up. I'm going to show you the Big John, the teep kick on Big John. All right. Well, we've reached. <laughs> After we're done we've here. We've reached our hour. We Anything you. else you'd like to mention? No, I love these guys that listen to us. You're cool with me. Yeah, everyone that listens, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. We like you listen to us. We would do this anyway because we're going to talk MMA every week as is. But we really appreciate somebody listening. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't. And follow us on Twitter because we're always having conversations there. And follow everyone that we follow because they're all pretty good people. Man, maybe not everyone that we follow, but everyone we talk to because they're, pretty, they're good people. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.